Welcome, Element City Church. How are you guys doing tonight? Put your hands open like this. We're in a series called Open Handed. And so I'm going to pray real quick. I know Lyle's just prayed, but I'm going to pray that our hands are open to what God has received for us. Jack talked last week about how we use our resources and our finances. Still keep them out. Still keep them out. And uh, we're just going to, that is a symbol that we're going to receive what God has for us tonight. Can we do that? Can we agree in that? If you don't agree, just don't say anything. Dear Heavenly Father, we want you to move in us. We want us to have open hands for what you have in store. In Jesus' name, amen. By share of hands, who could use more time? Everyone, else, the time manager wants, it's in my calendar, I don't need time. But we all need more time, right? I know I do. I, I'm usually the one um, in a lot of things that I do that runs out of time. Can anybody align themselves with that? Like they do a project and the sun goes down or just in everything. In my life, it's I have three kids. I have a high schooler, a middle school, and a sixth grader, so sixth, eighth, and, uh, and uh, sophomore. And so just with their activities alone is crazy. I don't know how people have more, more children and more things to do. Just, just chasing them keeps busy, and I run out of time with that. Um, also, um, being pastor here, is that's, there's a lot of stuff here. So that, I run out of time of stuff and projects and things that we want to do, and I run out of time there. And then at home, you know, whoever owns a home, you know, it, it seems like you own a home and you want to stay there, and then all of a sudden, there's projects that just keep on happening like trees falling on our house or all kinds of fun stuff that it just seems like it's never set right it's always got to have work especially if you own an older home like we do and so I I tend to to lose time and it's it's uh it's not it's not a good feeling it's not a good feeling so if we could if I could ask God when I get to heaven why could we make like make 28 hour days instead of 24 that's what my question would be and so tonight, we're going we're gonna to talk about being open-handed with our time. And so we're going to be in a, in a scripture there and, uh, that you probably are not thinking this is going to one we're going to be at, but I want to ask you this question. How we spend our time ends up really important. How we choose to spend our time. Anybody, another question? Anybody committed to something and then realized after you committed it that you probably shouldn't have committed to it? Raise of hand. Yeah, how many times has that happened? Does it just happen once? Does it happen twice? You think we learned the first couple times, but it usually it, it, it's, a, it's a theme in our lives, right? So how we spend our time is super, super important. And so let's look at what, what the Bible says about time. And so we're, we're not gonna have multiple points tonight. We're not gonna, I'm not gonna do a three points of you know, all the, the things that we can do for time, like time management and, and calendars, and, and I don't know, there's all so many apps that help you manage time. That's not what we're gonna talk about. We're gonna talk about one thing and one application tonight, and hopefully I can clearly communicate what God has on my heart, and so that we can, we can take this and move a little bit faster um, with how God wants to, to spend and use our time, okay? We're, um, we're gonna look at Psalms 90. And so this chapter is pretty interesting because I love the Psalms. They're usually, they're songs, and I always thought that all, most all the songs were written by David. Anybody? Yeah, mo well, okay. Some of you guys are more astute than I. And so, and so I was reading chapter 90, and it's, it's the only psalm that Moses wrote. Moses wrote a psalm. 
And it's, it's, never mind, that was bad. And so Moses lived to be about 120 years old. That's dang old. And then right in the scripture it says he was a tw- 120 years old and he still had good sight. Isn't that weird how they put that on there? We'll, we'll get to that in a minute. But Moses lived to be 120 and there was four phases of his life. He started being in Pharaoh's, um, in Pharaoh's house. And if, if you were in Egyptian times, the Pharaoh, it was like, it was living with Steve Jobs or, you know, you know, uh, the cribs of these artists, you know, that had, they probably had um, LED TVs and, you know, they had Enzo uh, chariots and all kinds of stuff, just the high end that you could possibly imagine. If you didn't get the Enzo chariot thing, I'm sorry, it's a Ferrari. All right, so um, he lived a high life in that first part of his life. And then as the Israelites were working with the Egyptians and, and really taking care and building their infrastructure and, and being slaves, um, he saw one day an injustice that went on. And he went and literally murdered one of the, uh, the Egyptians because they were hurting an Israelite. He was banished for the next phase of his life, which was then 40 years out in the wilderness. So he goes from posh city to out in the wilderness being a shepherd, this has to be one of the slowest possible things you could do. Being a shepherd. Think about that. You bring the sheep out, you watch to make sure nothing hurts the sheep, and then you bring the sheep back in. Day after day after day. He did this for 40 years. 40 years. I turned 42 in, in, a, in a couple weeks, and that would be like being a shepherd my whole life. Jesus, come, please. <laughs> All right? So that was one phase of his life. The second was he was then brought back into Egypt to rescue the Israelites. He was brought in the, let my people go, you know that song? And so he was brought back into Egypt to bring the Israelites out of Egypt. He was the talking about the coolest with the stick that turns into the snake he said he couldn't talk and it was the coolest thing and you know he throws the snake down it turns into a snake and pharaoh gets all scared and then he picks it back up and it's a it's a it's a staff again and then he gets to issue in the probably the coolest stories the bible stories that i think are all the plagues the amazing plagues that god just unleashed on the egyptians to soften their heart like the imagine like tapping your little staff in the water and it turns to blood. All these cool things he got to be a part of. And then, after that little section of his life, guess what he got to be? He got to be a leader of a nation. Now that the Israelites were out of Egypt, they're a leader of a nation. And guess what he got to do for another 40 years? He got to walk in circles for 40 years until God prepared the hearts of the people to go into the promised land. 40 years he walked in a circle. And then he's up on the mountain. He sees the promised land out in the distance. And God comes to him. There's a reason why God gave him good sight because he wasn't going to see the promised land. God communicated to him see that land that you've literally grown up in Pharaoh's house, you 40 years of shepherding. 40 years of walking in a circle, leading a nation, and you're not gonna see the promised land. 
So that's why he had good sight, because he never got to be there. So this guy has a perspective on different time in his life. Widespread. Do we agree? Psalms 90 is going to give us a context for which us to see and the decisions that we make about time, how time and an insight about how we use our time. So we're going to start and read Psalms. I'm going to actually read it from the screens tonight because um, my eyes are 40-ish. Not as good as Moses. And so it says, Lord, you have been our dwelling place throughout all generations before the mountains were born or you brought forth the whole world. For everlasting to everlasting, you are God. You turn people back to dust, saying, return to dust, you mortals. That's pretty harsh, don't you think? Return to dust, you mortals. When I read that, and I've read it multiple times, I think Gandalf should say that, like in the, in the Bible verse. You shall not pass. But what, what Moses is saying here is, is that everlasting to everlasting, you were at the beginning, you were at the end. He was establishing that there was nothing before and there's gonna be nothing after. And he has the power, he's in control, and there is no other. That's what he's saying in this scripture. Let's read uh, verse four. A thousand years in your sight are likely a day that has just gone by or like a watch in the night. A watch in the night in biblical times was about a three-hour time frame. A Roman guard or a Hebrew guard, they would go out on a watch. They would watch the wall. They would watch all kinds of things. It would be about three hours. It would be about three hours. And so you think your kids grow up fast, you think your uh, things just go fast in our life. We think, wow, that day just flew by. Imagine what it's like when a thousand years is like three hours to God. A thousand years in three hours. We've been here probably maybe some of us have been setting up since three and we get out of here at eight. That's like, you know, 1,500 hours that just flew by. So what it's saying is that God's time isn't our time. And the period that we think and that we talk about isn't exactly what God wants to do. So let's go on. Let's, ke- let's keep on reading. It says, Yet you sweep people away in the sleep of death. They are like the new grass of the morning. In the morning it springs up new, but by evening it is dry and withered. This scripture is talking about you and me. This is what it's talking about. It's not talking about the grass, really. Who cares if the grass pops up and, you know, dies? In Arizona, it doesn't even pop up. You know what I'm saying? And so this is what it's talking about. It's, I guess from God's perspective, the, our entire lives are just that, a boop, and withered and died in one day. Think about that. we pop up in the morning and we're dead by evening. That's everlasting to everlasting. That's, that's where we're at in that small space. Let's read verse 10. Our days may come to 70 years or 80 if our strength endures, yet the best of them are but trouble and sorrow, for they quickly pass and they'll fly away. 
Little side note. This will tell you how long you've been in church or around church. Anybody sing a hymn called, Ah, fly away, oh glory, ah, fly away. That's where that comes from. So Moses actually made it into the church in the, in the worship team. All right. So our days come 70 years, 80, or strength endures. Yes, the best of them, but trouble and sorrow, for they quickly pass. So the best of our years, that grass pop out, the grass die, are gonna have some trouble and sorrow. That's gonna be their best. But Moses can relate. 40 years of hanging out in the, as a shepherd, 40 years of creating circles in his life, walking around the desert, and then he didn't even get to go in the promised land. And he's saying, but don't be discouraged. Did he have a right to be discouraged? Absolutely. I would be ticked off if I walked 40 years in the desert and I did not get to see the grapes and honey. I would be ticked. But he's saying, but don't. But don't be discouraged. Time and your life passes quickly. So let's not focus on that. So let's read verse, we're gonna move down to verse, uh, that was verse 10, let's move to verse 11. If only we knew the power of your anger, your wrath is as great as the fear that is your due. That's a whole lot of words right there, right? Let's, what if I said it like this? If we could see God as he is, we would give him the reverence that he is due. If we could see God as he is, we would give him the reverence that he is due. What does that mean? He's everlasting to everlasting. We are just but a beep on the radar. A little piece of grass that dies in a day. My life goes boom, 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 boom. It's not, it moves quickly, right? But remember, a three-hour time frame, a watch, moves to a thousand years in God. Moses is pausing in this big, grand explanation of here, the beginning and the end, because our time and our lives would change drastically if we feared and revered God. Let me read that again. Somehow we see God as he is when it comes to our time and our lives, we would give him the reverence that is due. Because I only have a little bit of time. I'm responsible, God's given me and allotted me a little bit of time. Wouldn't it be logical and rational with that little bit of time that I have to give all glory and power to Jesus or to God? To give him what is due with a small slice of time that has been allotted to me. Another way we can look at it is this. On the screen. That's not the one I wanted. Yes, that's the one I wanted. If we could see God as he is, we would be more careful with the time we have been allotted. If we saw God as he is and realized he gave us the time here and gone tomorrow, like the grass, 
we'd probably rethink what we do with the gift of the limited time that we've been given. We don't think like this. We don't think like this. We think, hmm. I, I don't, I, I, I'm not concerned with time. I'm not concerned with living everlasting to everlasting. But Moses is giving us the context. It's not our time here on earth. It's living everlasting to everlasting. It's a good pause to think about how we really, how really short our lives are. Let's just take a second. In Arizona, grass comes up and literally by one o'clock in the summer, it's toast. Can we agree on that? And so that is what, this, what Moses is trying to do is that's the span of our life. And we take, we get so excited and we spend so much time and resources and do everything to try to, try to get us a better life. And, we're, and, and Moses is saying, it's just this big. It pops up and then it's done. So, our lives are short. And this is a good, so that we can really kind of realize that and realize that our days are short. Let's, let's read verse 12. Teach us to number our days. Teach us to number our days. Well, what is, what is exactly number your days? What does that mean? Well, I have a couple examples, and I'll try, to, I'll try to do these without offending anyone. Maybe, maybe not. And so, counting your days. There's lots of females in the room that are single. Yes, yay. Guys, pay attention. I'm asking you to raise their hand. Just jokes, just jokes. But when, you, but when you are planning a wedding and you've been engaged and you're like, a, a, a guy has dropped his knee, gave you a ring and said, hey, I want you to be married to me. And you say, I will. So there's a big difference between I will and I do. And that's a time frame. So the I do has lots of planning, right? So if you don't, if you say I will, there's a lot of things that are numbered that have to go on so that I do can happen. You agree with me? And so that is what a numbered day looks like. We do it some things in our society, but this is what Moses is talking about is numbering our days. What is most important? Another way that we can do that is uh, for you students in the room, if you know you have a final or you know you have a test, probably numbering, numbering your days back from that assignment so that you can be prepared would be wise, correct? If we have a work project, if we had a work project and your boss is, is saying, hey, this is the end date, this is the deadline, this is when we've gotta go, and you blow it off, is that good? No, you number your days to get the project done. Now, procrastination is one of my favorite things, um, and it gets me in trouble all the time, and that's why I run out of time. But that's what... Moses is saying in here is let's number our days. 
live as if we're days are, are not numbered, if we don't put any assignment to our days, then we will constantly fill our schedule with things that you'd wish you never did. Let me say that again. If you don't number your days, you will continually fill your schedule up with things you wish you never did. And if you number your days, if you know where your time is and you know what that is and you take Moses' heed and say, hey, I would love to number my days, you can think more like this. You can say, hey, I can spend more time doing that. Or I can spend, hmm, I could spend less time doing that. Or I don't want to do no time with that. Or you know what? Now I can try something that I've never tried before because I know how my days are numbered. So all that said, I'm gonna phrase this summary statement about these verses. Is remembering our time is limited, provides us with wisdom to know how to spend our limited time. That took me a second to digest when I first wrote it. Remember our time is limited, provides us with wisdom to know how to spend our limited time. So let's read, let's read the promise after this. So that we may gain a heart of wisdom. Remembering that God said, hey, number your days so that we may gain a heart of wisdom. Remembering if we have limited resource, we wanna make sure we have limits on it so that we don't blow it up, right? So in Psalms 90.12, let's say the whole verse. We're gonna say it all together. Teach us to number our, that means all of us together. Are we ready? All right. Teach us to number our days so that we may gain a heart of wisdom. By a show of hand, who wants a heart of wisdom? Absolutely. Um, I was challenged when I was a younger pastor by an older Air Force gentleman. He uh, um, said, Brian, you can have all the knowledge in the world. You could know how to do everything, but if you don't apply it, you won't be wise. So there's many of you that have tons of knowledge. And if we just read this scripture and we say, yeah, number your days, that sounds great, and all that kind of stuff, and we just keep it as knowledge and we don't apply it, the application of knowledge is wisdom. The application of knowledge is wisdom. And I'm not telling you to, to manage your calendar better. I'm not telling you this. I'm saying what Moses has said is number your days and the promise is said that you will have a heart of wisdom. Brownie Ware is a hospice nurse in Australia. She uh, has had many, a many a person within the, she gets people in the hospice that have 12 weeks or less to live. She takes them and cares for them. She lives with them and, and just basically is escorting them to their death. Amazing. 
I don't know if I could do that. And so she has asked her patients over years, what is your biggest regret? What is your biggest regrets? And, there's, and she's wrote a, kind of a book on it and in some memoirs about it. And there's two that really stood out to me. And now, so I'm gonna share the second one first and then I'm gonna share the number one because the number one was a surprise to me. It was a real surprise. So the first one, I'm gonna share it, is I wish I hadn't worked so hard. That seems all right, you know, you've heard that. And this is what she said. I hadn't worked so hard. This came from every male patient that I nursed. They missed their children's youth and their partner's companionship, deeply regret spending so much time on the treadmill of the work existence. Hmm. Wow. She also spoke to women about this, um, but this is an older generation, and a lot of the women didn't, weren't in the workplace or weren't the breadwinners for their house, but they still had some other concerns, but they're just not included in these top two. What does this mean? If we don't figure out our, our days are limited and, that, and how to live in that, then we're gonna waste our time. We're gonna waste our time and waste our life and die with regrets. Number one, the number one regret that she says is this. I wish I had the courage to live true to myself not the life others expected of me. That was a shocker to me. Overall, she said this was the number one regret that everyone at their end of their life that she's come in contact with had this theme. I wish I had the courage to live true to myself, not the life others expected of me. Hmm. And she continues to write, this was the most common regret of all. When people realize that their life is almost over and look back clearly on it, it is easy to see how many of their dreams have gone unfulfilled. Most people had not honored even half of their dreams and had to die knowing it. That, is what, that it was due to choices that they had made or not made. And this one hit me a little bit too. Health brings a freedom very few realize until they no longer have it. This is the wisdom that Moses is writing in Psalms 90, talking about living like your days are numbered. What does this mean? What does this mean to your current schedule right now? What does this mean to your current pace of your life? It means, while you think about that, I want to take a drink of water. What does that mean in your current pace of life? And thinking, do you have much space for God to move in your life and in your time? So some of you are thinking, 
because I've been in your shoes. I hear somebody go up here talking. I'm at a conference or I'm something and I don't believe exactly what he's going to say and you can do that. And the pushback that you probably are thinking or some of you are thinking are like, I don't, I don't do as much as, I, I want to do as much as I possibly can in my life. I want to do as much as I possibly can in my life. I will never, you're probably making it in your head and I've had some of these too. I will never make it. What's it? Make it? Have you ever defined what it is? I will fall behind. Who? And what are you going to fall behind? I will be poor. I've heard that from some of you. I will be poor if I don't do as much as I possibly can. Stop. Even the poorest person here is the wealthiest person internationally. So you need to stop and define what poor means. I won't be accepted because I can speak from a 40-year-old male and growing up that our biggest, one of our biggest fears is rejection. But by who? Who are you afraid of not being accepted by? The last one is, I won't measure up. To who? If I got a, a measuring tape out and we were measuring life and experiences and all that together, would there be names on, on, the, on the tape measure? And you're like, oh, I haven't, I haven't reached yet. We spend our whole life chasing something that we've never really defined. Does that make sense? We chase the it, we chase everything about life, but we've really never really defined, we've never really numbered our days and said, you know what, I'm gonna be about this. And if you're a Christian, a follower of Jesus, and you believe God has a personal plan for your life, which I believe completely, and if you're not careful with that, you will miss the opportunities and people will determine for you what comes into your life, what comes out of your life, and what your priorities are if you're not letting God number your days. You can be a believer in Jesus Christ and you can let people pour into your life, take out of your life, and prioritize your life if you're not. Teach us to number our days that we may gain a heart of wisdom. Teach us to number our days so that we can have a heart of wisdom. And so, that's where we are tonight. No, uh, no program to manage your calendar, but a prayer and an honest look at the beep of our life. The grass that grows up and dies because three hours is a thousand years to God. And so I have some next steps that I'm gonna challenge you with. And so um, this I think is gonna be a good activity. My, we are, Kimberly and I are going through this right now because um, I wanna be full of integrity in how if I'm asking you to do something, so I'm, I'm doing it. And so the first one is 
Um, I want you to put it on your phone. If you're taking notes, write it down. Um, and I'm a symbol guy. I see in pictures, and so I've written words down, but I also have symbols. And so um, we're going to go through that real quick. And so the first one is this. What do I need to add to my time and to my schedule? What do I need to add? And so that's a plus sign. So if you're just taking notes, just put a plus. What do I need to add? It could be I need to add more time with this, or I need to add uh, more time at the gym. <laughs> I need to add more time at the gym. Um, thanks for the chuckle. I love it. Thanks. Um, or whatever the Spirit is asking you, and you, th- this is a prayer thing. This isn't just, hey, this is what I'd like to do. You could do that, but this, I'm asking you to pray. And I'm asking you to say, what do I need to add? And the next one is, what do I need to subtract? or remove from my time or my schedule. This one hurts. Because there's probably a name associated with this one, if you're honest with yourself. Someone in your life that takes up a whole lot of time, someone in your life that is not speaking positive or not helping you number your days well, you may have to subtract them from your time and your schedule. It could be an event. It could be things that you're, uh, that you're doing that aren't healthy for you and your family. You may, have to, you may have to subtract. But usually it's about a relationship that usually absorbs a lot of our time. And is it moving you towards Jesus or is it moving you away from Jesus? Third is how do you what do you want more of? So it's a greater, greater sign, you math likers and engineers, greater sign programmers, is what do you want more of? What, how do you, if you could turn the dial up, what do you want more of? Do you want more serving with Element City Church? Do you want more serving at, at work? Do you want more, more? What do you want more of? What gives you joy? What gives you passion? That's the kind of stuff we want more of. How do we uh, communicate kingdom stuff to God or more? Uh, how, do we, how do we serve God more? How do we serve others more? Maybe it's still more of the gym. Maybe you go once a week. Now you want to turn it up and go twice a week. I don't know why we're stuck on this gym thing. I don't even go to the gym. <laughs> because I can say it with, I can say, oh, now, now I see the finger being pointed and go once a week, Brian. So I may do that. And so the third, the third one is, what do you want to do less of? Less of, did I say four? Oh, sorry, my numbers are all messed up. So what do you want to do less of? So some of you might be, I'm just gonna say, might be um, the sports that you play or time that you spend doing something. If your days are being numbered and you're running out of time, this is a good opportunity to kind of evaluate what you're doing and you can turn, not saying to get rid of, we're not, we're already talked about the subtraction but it's just talking about the less, how to turn it down a little bit. Maybe instead of binge watching 15 shows a night, you do two. Maybe you discontinue Netflix. Oh, that's heresy, we can't do that. <laughs> oh, I, it's okay, because I got Hulu, <laughs> So, this isn't a game that you're gonna play with God. This isn't a, 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 a rob here and a rob there to do things. It is, what does God want you to do? What are you gonna add? 
what are you gonna subtract or remove? What do you want more of? What do you want to turn up? And what do you want less of? And all of this is bathed in you saying, God, I want to number my days so that I can have a heart of wisdom. A heart of wisdom. And so I'm committing to this, and I'll share with you if you ask what we're talking about, but the, the, the part that it needs to be done is as you're writing this down, you need to share it with someone. Because what good is it gonna do if you write it down in a notebook or write it down in your phone and it's a lost file and you never shared it with anybody? So bring some accountability to it. Bring some accountability to the time that you're trying to turn down, turn up, subtract. Well, if, if <laughs> the funny one, if, if you're subtracting someone, you probably have to tell them. So don't share the list like, hey, I'm gonna, I'm gonna subtract you. Be kind, be gracious, but communicate these things, these answers to these questions, don't just sit on them. Pray on them, figure them out, but then share them with someone in your e-group. Share them with someone you're serving with, with a serve team that you serve with each Sunday. Serve with a family member, but just share it because it makes it more real. Anybody with me? If you say it, in the public, into someone else's ear, there's a little bit more accountability than if you just wrote it down? Okay. And so, um, we take communion every, every week. And I, I have a video for you just to kind of breathe a little bit and to kind of um, think about the, the questions that I've just asked you with the next steps. So I just want you to watch this video and then we're gonna take communion right after that video. I'm not gonna come back up. We're just gonna watch the video and then you're gonna take communion. And we take communion here. Um, it, is, it is Jesus' body and blood that we are committed to as, as followers of Jesus Christ and it represents his body and his blood and it's the sacrifice on the cross. And he numbered his days so that we could have a savior, so that we could have everlasting to everlasting. And so take this time as you watch this video and as you pray, just get right with him. If you need to ask forgiveness or if you need to just talk with him, use this time as you watch the video and then we'll go straight into communion. And then I'm gonna pray and then we're gonna end up with some worship songs. We're just, because we've numbered our days here and we value singing to him and worshiping him. So, dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for who you are. Lord, we thank you for the communion that we get to share each week that's a symbol of your body and your blood and the sacrifice, how you numbered your days and how you came to sacrifice for us. And Lord, thank you for Moses' psalm. Lord, that, that it says, Lord, thank you for numbering our days. And Lord, I pray for our church and everyone here that we will have that we will number our days and that we will have a wise heart, our heart of wisdom. Lord, just be with us as we are figuring that out. Lord, just put burden on us, the changes that we need to make, disturb us in our, in our schedules, disturb us in our time, uh, and show us, disrupt us, so that we can manage and number our days well.